Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Indie Popsicle. This is your host, Carissa, and on the show, I like to talk about good tunes, good food, and good reads, because honestly, what else is there to life? On this episode, I will be interviewing New York City singer-songwriter Jackie Marshall, and this episode was recorded a bit earlier in the week, so the conversation may be a little out of real time. Her song, Rhubarb Fields, is out now, and listen to the rest of the interview to find out a little taste of it. Hi everyone, my name is Jackie Marshall. I am a New York City born and raised musician and I'm super excited to be uh, talking today with Carissa. Thank you so much for joining me and word on the street, you have a song dropping this week, right? Yes, I do. Friday. Very excited. So exciting. Hmm. So do you want to give us a little, there's an EP on the way too, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So the EP will be coming out this fall, TBD exactly, but it's mostly just going to be the songs that the two singles and then one more song that will come out with the EP. So the song coming out on Friday is called Rhubarb Fields and there's a very tender story. Um, It kind of traces my family history. So it was really cool to to work on that song. That's so cool. Yeah. Things about family always just like I feel like they hit everyone but I've been in a very like sentimental like kind of like reflective stage right now especially with like moving out being done with school Mm -hmm. just like oh man like adult time like no longer living with it's crazy it comes out of nowhere right (laughs) yeah it's crazy I think also with COVID a lot of people have found themselves in maybe unconventional living situations, having to move back home. For me, it was like the song was kind of born out of an experience that would not have happened by any stretch of the imagination if I had um, continued my normal life without COVID existing. So I guess I thank COVID for that, but not much else. Yeah, it is definitely, definitely just like through conversations with so many people and then just experiencing so many things. It's altered or like definitely touched family dynamics in so many mm-hmm. different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I don't think this is like what I've just been focusing on so much with my writing in the past year and a half is my relationship to people in my family and just to my family history. And I don't know, especially in the space of music that I'm in, it's not super saturated with that type of content. So No, it's not. Yeah, but it's something that we're all so deeply aware of and affected by all the time. So it feels almost like I wish there were more music that talked about this. That I really love that. I the only one I could really think of off the top of my head that directs to family is the Lumineers' most recent album. I think they came out with like two years ago. I want to say mm-hmm. it's just called Three. It's like the Roman numeral Three. Yeah, but that. I because at first I thought like you know some of their old stuff like oh love songs and stuff but it's actually the story of one of their family members like going through addiction and watching that process and seeing how everybody's lives through generations and oh like I get goosebumps like just thinking about it totally it's like oh god sorry go ahead (laughs) (laughs) the music video set that they do with it is like a Mm. short film when you put all the songs together just watching like three generations and oh there she is (laughs) (laughs) three generations of family dealing with 
just all kinds of things so yeah. yeah wow that's very powerful it is it is music holds so much power and it's cool that you can mm -hmm. hold that space and tell your stories through that exactly precisely that yeah um but to tell a little bit more about the song it i also have a video coming out with it uh, which is being finished like today <laughs> oh my God, so exciting. Um, yeah i'm very excited it's just getting colored so we're at the end but um just little bit more to go yeah. and um so the story of the song is that I, I got to live in my mother's childhood home during covid and i was living there alone well actually my oh. boyfriend joined me but yeah no one else so my grandfather passed away about two years ago actually on this day two years ago and she's crazy oh. and he was sort of you know this house in rhode island was his pride and joy so when he died the house just got a little bit neglected my grandmother didn't care about it as much so she moved out to um different place in massachusetts and this house was just sitting there and obviously i was uprooted as everyone was during covid i was a um, i'm a student at columbia university um in new york city so i i had to you know move out of my dorm my whole life was upside down i couldn't see any of my friends and i was complaining to my mom i was like where could i go i just want to go somewhere i, I live in new york city as well that's a big part of the story right, so I right. and i mean that was hit the i mean i'm, I'm yeah. in Florida, so numbers were high but like y'all were taking it more seriously and totally yeah, yeah it was very very strange and and brutal for a lot of neighborhoods in the city um and so we were just and you know apartment living with my whole family was getting really tight so yeah. i was really looking for a place to go that i could see my friend um like a couple of my friends that were still in the city and my boyfriend and my mom was like well you know the house in rhode island no one's living in it and i called my grandmother and she was like yeah come <laughs> no one's living there and i got i you know there were things i could help out with the house needed to be maintained stuff like that um, because she was selling it that year so I lived there uh, June, July, August of last summer, and um, there's this patch of rhubarb in the back of the house. My job was kind of to maintain the garden, or it wasn't really my job. I took it upon myself. I really love gardening and farming, so I was um, super excited to take over this garden that my, was my grandfather's pride and joy since the 70s. And it was just a plot, of course. So I moved in, we planted the garden, we had tomatoes, zucchini, lettuce, like everything. I was living my cottage dream life. Um, yeah, it was crazy. It was like before that started on TikTok, I think yeah. too. So when I like saw that trend, I was like, dang, I could have done that. <laughs> I, I didn't film anything, I was just living. Um, but isn't but, that the best way to do it? Like yeah. It totally is. Um, yeah, it was wonderful. It was it was a crazy time in life. I was playing house, basically. Um, and this, yeah, there's this patch of rhubarb that grows uh, behind the garden. And it's I learned actually after writing the song, the rhubarb was always just an iconic part of the garden. The rhubarb and the tomatoes were the iconic things. They were always, you know, just growing with such strength. <laughs> the cat's back. All good um and so yeah they were they were always this this magical little part of it and back in the city we would get stalks of the rhubarb and and my mom would come home with tomatoes um but i learned from a neighbor when i went back to actually film the music video that the rhubarb was my great-grandfather 
cut some of his from his uh, yard or lawn and gave it to my grandfather who then planted it and now it's just been self I don't even know populating it's been going and it comes back every year um, with all this so much strength and so it it was a great a great metaphor for the resilience of family and how you know you always grow back but this cycle of being you know born and dying and this plant you know we watch that every year happen on a smaller scale than our own lives uh, so it was it was a, a wonderful time a great experience passage of my life completely unexpected and then i think this song kind of presented itself to me as like the tribute that i didn't have the words for when i was living there um, but in hindsight it really hits all of the parts of what was so special about living there wow i have goosebumps right now like, oh, <laughs> wow that's so touching oh my goodness yeah. what do you what's okay i'm I love food. So first thing I think is, what is your favorite thing to make with this rhubarb? So I have a good answer because we made this last year. Um, it was like a almond flour cake with a strawberry rhubarb compote on top. Ooh. It was very good. Yeah. Very delicious. Also, just rhubarb compote is just really? so good. Just like, I mean, you know, a little bit of sugar. <laughs> you cut it down, a little bit of lemon and just like simmer it for a while it's so yummy that's so cool oh I love I love how like food and I guess gardening too because like where the food comes from how that really brings people together and I think like the relationship between sharing a meal but also the process of making it and then you even going the extra step further of like the process of growing it and that's so special that it's been in your family for generations like that's <laughs> very touching yeah, there were so many beautiful synchronicities when I was there. Like, for example, I um, took my job very seriously of maintaining this garden. So I drew out a chart before I went shopping for things of every plant, every variety I was going to grow and where. And I just did it on a piece of paper and it was just lying around the house. And my mom came up uh, midway through the summer to go through my grandfather's stuff, which people were doing throughout the time I was there. Yeah. And she found a box. And in the box was starting in like 1973, a piece of paper for every single year of the garden. And it looked identical to mine. It had like the variety, the map. I was, I was freaking out. I was like, this is just too weird. Gosh, that, yeah. wow, that's so, yeah. that's crazy. Like that's, that's crazy. That's really cool. Yeah. You have that you were able to keep that yeah that is so cool so the house that you said is in rhode island and you grew up in new york city i did yeah so growing up the uh my mom's like this little town called ashaway in rhode island we would always think of it as like I, I mean it's not suburbs at all but that was the only language we had so we'd be like oh we're going to the suburbs and my sister and i'd be like oh it's too quiet we can't sleep here at night like because we grew up on you know a street in manhattan so i think the two things it was like always the darkest place we'd ever been and the quietest place we'd ever been oh, <laughs> when we came yeah which is crazy that is well how do you think do you think i mean i'm sure growing up in this city influenced your love for music or your relationship with music? Is your family musical? Um, 
that's the funny thing. Nobody really in my family is super musical. Okay. Um, my my mom, my grandmother maybe plays piano. Like if anything, just casually, but definitely right, no right. serious musicians. Going up for a long time in the lineage, I don't think I know anyone who was a serious musician. But my my dad is a huge music appreciator and lover, um, so grew up hearing a lot of different stuff in the house. Nice. That's I. The first thing that I heard, like hearing your other songs, were just like very soulful, and I love that. I definitely mm-hmm. think soul is making a comeback, like in a lot of like unexpected. I think totally. shout out Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. I think yeah. they're helping with that, but you know, it's cool to see it in all these different ways. And I was just like, your voice is also perfect. Like, I hope you make a Christmas album. If, oh if you celebrate Christmas, but like that, I do. <laughs> perfect for that. Like, just I want to hear all Christmas songs sung by you, please. <laughs> oh my gosh, maybe I'll do an acoustic Christmas album. Yeah. So fun. I love Christmas music. I will listen to it at any point in the year. It's so it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's funny. Of course, of course. But yeah, it was just, I really, really love the soul. And then when I was like looking through your Spotify bio, it said, and soul inspired. I was like, oh, there it is. I was like, I, know, I heard it somewhere. But yeah, I think that's like just sort of a property of my voice and just the timbre and it's interesting the artistic choices we make consciously and then the ones that are kind of made for us by our anatomy um the tone of my voice is one that i mean i can control but i prefer to just sing in a way that feels natural and that right. definitely has like a soul informed slant so i think that will always come across in what i do but then the interesting part is when i place you know my voice in something that's not necessarily soul inspired like this upcoming song is not um it's kind of more alternative indie uh but just the yeah but like having my voice be there already just makes it a little bit more soulful just because that's how I sing so yeah it's fun to see it mixed up in different genres okay so we can expect some alt indie Mm -hmm. sounds and tones in the new song yes definitely who are some of your, I guess, current favorite artists and then like favorite artists growing up? Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, current favorite artists, Lucy Dacus. <gasps> I love her album. Oh, oh. Yeah, so that's some family uh, songwriting for sure. I actually, yeah. I went to her show uh, at, in Williamsburg the other month, I guess. And do you know the artist Melanie Martinez? Yeah. So you know how she had like all that childhood type slant music yes yes in a very realized in in like a very intense way i realized that lucy dacus is like not as far away from her writing as people think like all of her songs are super placed in like you know outside uh, on the park bench or like on the terrace or like you think of like kids playing in school and i actually I had this theory. I was like, all of her songs, I feel like I'm like, there's a line about like throwing um, cherry pits over a bridge. You feel like you're a kid in a suburb listening to her music. And then I was I was reading on, about her songwriting process and apparently she like draws from her childhood notebook. That's how she starts a lot of her songs that I was like, okay, Ooh. this makes sense. But it was very like, just, I think 
you know, we listen to the album on Spotify or whatever, and it's oftentimes not the most active listening, but when you're at the concert, you actually are paying so much attention. And so I was just noticing that. I was like, why do I still feel like I'm, like, I feel like I'm a kid all the time. And like, she's, because she's such a visual writer. So you really get placed, pulled into her world. And it was very much like, I don't know, just ch- like very childhood themed album. So I've been listening to that a lot. I definitely agree with that. I was supposed to do a review on that. The months have been, past few months have been crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I think the reason I couldn't sit with it was because of how hard it hit. Like, some of those lines, I was like, oh, this is very close and no. this is very personal. I don't know if I want to open up about this. Like, that's great, <laughs> but I'm not going to talk about how I relate to that. But the yeah. single from her album, VBS, I was oh. shocked. Lord, I was yeah. like, as in vacation Bible school? Like, I'm aware. I was a VBS uh, kid through and through, like wow. kindergarten to fifth grade. And then once you're too old, you volunteer at a VBS. And like, that's what you do, like growing up in church and stuff. So <laughs> to hear a song like about, I was like, this is crazy. I know. And she's like very much speaking to that group of people who, um, I don't necessarily relate to, but I can imagine like there's a lot to unpack, <laughs> especially if you the box. yeah, <laughs> just put it under the bed. Um, but yeah, okay, she's been a big um, person I've been listening to. Uh, also, uh, Samia's new EP, if you're Ooh. familiar, called Scout. Um, I also saw her play recently. Um, she was great. It's so fun seeing all these people and they're all like, I'm so nervous. This is my first show back. And I'm like, don't say anything. We wouldn't know. Um, I saw Emily King last night. I've also been listening um, to her her music 10 year anniversary for um, her seven EP. So I guess those are some some contemporary people. Um, and then growing up, it was pretty vast my first musical love was ray charles Uh, my kindergarten teacher played ray charles and we would like whenever we had cleanup time she would play this best hits album and i was the best so yeah i made my dad buy the cd and then we played that all the time i feel like i can sing that all the solos on that album are like programmed in, in my brain so definitely that album um and then as i got older or even when i was pretty young my dad would play like arctic monkeys beach house oh um, wow (laughs) yeah i know he like we went to a grizzly bear show when i was like i don't know i must have been 14 or 15 and yeah it was at radio city music hall and it was like all these like super stoned out like college age dudes and they were like you're the coolest dad ever and he was like he was like oh it's no big deal (laughs) yeah it was fun um so i i think like hearing those those artists especially because i was i was uh raised singing in choirs in uh, school so uh grizzly bear is super orchestral and they do a lot of vocal arranging in a unique way so it was it was interesting to hear realizing how like that was actually less of a leap to alternative contemporary music from the choir stuff i'd been practicing um like less than i thought they're actually kind of neighbors in that way right Ooh, that is really cool 
Mm-hmm. I, I mean, wow. is, is that a New York City thing? Yeah, let's listen to Ray Charles in the classroom, kids. But that's so <laughs> cool that they did that for you guys. It's funny, yeah. like what little bits of music you hear as a child, like which ones stick with you. So totally. it's so cool that you have that memory. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I don't know what it was. I think there, you know, he's just such an emotive singer. He's definitely so among, you know, player of instruments, but he's a, uh, yeah, there's something there that's untouchable. Yeah, I have one of his CDs in my car too, just because I was like, you can't, like, I found it at a record shop. I was like, you can't, mm-hmm. Ray Charles. You <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. He's so good. I guess, like, like older singers that like I remember from being younger I don't know my not that I listened to him a lot but my parents really liked Andrea Bocelli he's like an Italian singer yeah yeah yeah. it's just like oh it's so his voice is so beautiful and then I remember Easter this past year or not this year but the year before so first quarantine Easter he sang in front of like the we streamed that we live streamed that (laughs) (laughs) we were like everybody sit down sit down yeah, um, I don't know if it was Venice, but it was empty. And he yeah. was singing. Um, there was like a piano player like 100 feet away or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was beautiful. It was surreal. Like, first of all, seeing such like a an iconic location, completely deserted. And then yeah. his voice filling up in front of the cathedral. Oh, it was beautiful. I know. Now I want to go watch that on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it's like afterwards going to go rewatch. <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome COVID has brought a lot of interesting musical experiences to people's lives I think totally totally did you play any virtual shows over the past year and a half yeah I did I I mean virtual shows like they're just so weird I think everyone agrees they're so weird but um I was supposed to play uh for the Columbia University Music Festival I had won like the Battle of the Bands and I was going to open for 100 Gex and Gucci Mane at five which is like it is such an iconic venue as a New Yorker I grew up going there um I saw everyone there so I was so excited, but of course it was canceled. It was scheduled for April, so that was never oh gonna happen. Gosh. I mean, congrats, that's so sick, but thank that you. Sucks that you didn't get to do that. So that was the first thing I did online. Um, and then I think like, you know, people had a lot of momentum at the beginning of the pandemic. Like, oh, maybe this will just be a few months. Like, let's just do live streams now. And definitely in the middle, it died down a lot. But I was playing some things for Columbia. Um, and then I did some like songwriter uh, shows in the summer, um, and yeah, mostly just like local venues at on in New York City and and Columbia. I did a few things, but I'm uh, I'm excited. I, I'm getting back out there in September, which yes. is tomorrow. Oh, that's <laughs> um, very weird. I, I know. I'm just I know. lying. It's crazy. So yeah, I should be playing um, in the city. It's just everything feels very volatile. Um, that's a great word for it, uh, yeah. definitely. Yeah, so we'll see, but hopefully. <laughs> That's so cool. Is this going to be your first in-person show, or you said you've already played a couple in person? Actually, I played one in person. Um, do you know So Far Sounds? I do. So they're um, they're like, they're. I think they're, actually, yeah, they are global. 
Um, and they have a sort of setup where it's like three acts, but they're not announced. So people get tickets and they go to like a secret location. Uh, I used to go to these shows in high school all the time. But yeah, they go to this location, there's three acts, and everyone does a set for 20, 25 minutes. It's super fun. Um, so I did one of those in July. And it was, it's obviously different, you know, because they promote the show for you. So right. um, it's like That's singing to new people. <laughs> yeah, but everyone's so respectful. Like you can hear a pin drop pretty much at every set. Whoa. Um, so it's really cool. And um, they're very intentional about like fostering that type of community and that type of audience. And I played one of those that was super fun, but then I'll be playing the, the thing about them is that they're all kind of acoustic. So I missed actually playing with a band um, and that'll be happening this this fall. That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Oh, music is returning, but also feels like it's being taken away. Oh. Right. <laughs> yeah, this weekend I was supposed to see Julian Baker with one of my friends. We were going to road trip up to Atlanta. Oh my gosh. And then we both were just like, no like don't want to take the risk because like they have like precautions but like as you've probably seen on the news the state of florida is not necessarily doing the hottest no it well is, maybe it's hot, hot but it's not it's hot, hot. <laughs> it's hot but, but not the most responsible so i was just like totally i don't know if i'm ready for that yet but yeah i mean because the thing is it's like all vaxxed concerts you know and yeah. so then people will take their masks off but the problem is that people are still getting COVID who are vaccinated so yeah which risk to take but i don't know i'm really mm-hmm. hoping that like october is a little more promising because i have a ticket to a music festival where the strokes are headlining phoebe bridges is playing and modest mouse all in one day That's and cool. i think i'll cry i know i'll cry if i go so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> which festival is it shaky knees in atlanta georgia cool yeah stevie nicks is headlining the first day but i was like i can't get off of work and don't have that kind of money to go all three days Fair enough. <laughs> well yeah i think outdoor things are much better so yeah yeah there's like more hopefully more room to space or at least i'd imagine so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think it's you can be optimistic about that i hope i hope so too uh, <laughs> what's your favorite show you've seen I guess like ever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, the first thing that comes to mind, well, ugh, I feel like every show for the first like 15 minutes, I'm like, this is the best show I've ever been to in my life. Yeah. So <laughs> I always get this rush when I first feel someone come on stage. Um, but one person I'm thinking of, I don't know, do you know the artist Banks? Yes, I think so. Yeah. She was like my favorite artist for a very long time. Um, she makes kind of like dark witch glitch electronic pop music. Oh, um, yeah. I was listening to The Altar of yeah. a week ago. Yeah. Really? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So she's crazy. I love her. I've loved her since I was in high school. Um, I used to make music that sounded like her. I obviously don't anymore. Oh, that's yeah. so different. Do you, is it like hidden in Bandcamp somewhere? Or? It's hidden on SoundCloud. My mom is constantly being like, why do you have, like, I literally got in a discussion about it with her yesterday. She was like, why do you keep everything on private? And I'm like, I just, I can't keep it up. It's going to confuse people too much. Um, but I, yeah, it's all, it's all hidden. I mean, it's on the internet somewhere. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, I I think what was like very special about 
seeing her is that I've been like following her for so long. I've seen her perform so many times and with each um, show I've watched her growth not only as a performer but also with the music and like the live arrangements and I saw her at Brooklyn Steel um, the fall two years ago and she had a string quartet on stage with her and I was just like she had two like these two dancers and they do this really creative crazy interpretive type of dance to all of her music and I think I was just like wow she's it's so special to see where her artistry has taken her and where she is now and how she's like um, actualized these visions she has and how they include so many different structures and parts than her other tours have so I think that show felt like things coming together and I was just honored to be there and and to witness it all that's so cool and you're you're a violinist right Yes. Oh my gosh, I am. Awesome. Uh, it's been a while since I've I've played. Did you? Is that like online somewhere? Yeah, it's on you... <laughs> oh damn! Oh yeah, I did write that. Um, I'm like, that's crazy. But yeah, I I grew up playing violin. That was my first instrument. Oh cool. Um, mm-hmm. I started when I was like four or something. Oh, that's um, so cute. Yeah, I had a tiny, tiny little violin and. Uh, yeah, I don't play as much anymore, but I still have it. And uh, wonderful instrument, very hard to play. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Oh, but that must be cool to see one of your favorite artists like incorporate that into a live set. Totally. Yeah, I know. I love string players like in pop music. I think. It's, yes, that and then like I've heard like a lot of like saxophone thrown into things recently. And I'm yes. Like, oh, this is so nice. Keep it up. Keep it. Totally. <laughs> Keep it up, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. That's so great though. Oh my goodness. Um, wait, so you're at Columbia. Are you studying music? I'm actually studying computer science. Um, okay, woman in STEM, we see you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my best friend is a math major and I'm a computer science major and together we are the woman in STEM yeah. um, at Columbia. So it, it's Love fun. It. Yeah, I've been, I've been into coding for a few I don't know now, like five years, nice. um, actually maybe more, but yeah, that's been kind of what I split my time with, um, with music. Cool. Okay. So mm-hmm. coding, music, what a coding music. you could use both sides of your brain. See, I'm, that's exactly what it is. Like I get imbalanced and I need to, I need like the intellectual side or just the problem solving side of coding. It, it's so different. People are always like, do you feel like your like artistry informs how you code? And I'm like, no, I feel like it is just like, cause yeah, they are, they are on different planes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. Oh, that's so cool though. I admire people that like are very good at both. There was like this one girl I went to high school with. We ended up going to the same college as well and engineering major, mm-hmm. also Spanish minor. And then I think, Oh, has a bookstagram and like loves read all these books very creative and I'm like do it all I'm like yeah. oh, I can write I can write a lot and I can mm-hmm. and well hey if you ever want some coding <laughs> tips or if you want to know where to start if there's a language you want to learn I got you that <laughs> was like zero one zero one zero one hey that's that's it that's pretty much all you need to know <laughs> just a little binary that's so fun that's so crazy though yeah the and yeah I guess another one of my really good friends I had her on for an episode as well she has a t-shirt company she's a music graphic designer and then 
cyber technology major. I'm like, look at you wow. go. Three yeah. Guesses online code. It's amazing. <laughs> I love women in STEM. You guys. Are <laughs> yeah, so many idols. Yes. Oh, man. One question that has really nothing to do with anything we've been talking about, but I ask every guest on the show what mm. is your favorite ice cream flavor? Okay. I have like a major problem with ice cream, which is that I love it, but I pretty much get a headache every time I eat it. Oh, that's terrible. I know it's so sad, but I still eat it sometimes. And then people are like, Jackie, don't do it. No, um, no. They're like, but I do have favorites. So maybe I shouldn't. Um, there's this place in, oh gosh. Oh, I actually, I have, I have a few favorites. I'm, I'm now okay. realizing um there's this place though in new york city called il laboratorio del gelato i think okay. um and it's right. like nicknamed to il lab people call it okay. um but they have a basil flavored ice cream and it is it's like everything you want and then more it's you know it's not like it's not watery it's creamy but then it's herby it's so good so that's definitely my favorite that sounds beautiful and <laughs> i plan on visiting the city soon so i'll definitely have yes. to oh my gosh hit me up i'll bring you yes. we'll oh my gosh we can have an ice cream. Oh, i love yeah. ice cream but yeah, that i guess kind of goes with like the name the indie popsicle because i started it as a blog back in high school and i was like well it could be like cooking and i really like ice cream and like ice pops but also music so like indie music totally indie popsicle. and then i went with the ice cream question ever since i started doing the podcast i <laughs> love it yeah well i mean you also have pop like pop music but popsicle yeah it's perfect. play on words yeah. <laughs> also van lewin do you have that ice cream in florida van lewin um, i feel like like at the like at the store like it's in mm -hmm. I feel like I've seen it. No, like we don't. I remember when they did the Kraft mac and cheese thing, though, right? What? Wait, on the internet, it was blowing up. I think it was. You're yeah. probably you're probably totally right. I'm definitely just like unaware. <laughs> a bunch of like food TikTokers, and mm -hmm. they, a lot of them live in New York City. And do they have like a storefront up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have okay. a few. So they had a Kraft mac and cheese flavor ice cream. What? Yes, and it sold out. I did not like endorse set. that. <laughs> That's so creepy. I, I feel know. like they will do that, but I do not like that idea. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it was just so interesting. I was like, is this totally. I was did like, is April like it? Yeah. Was it popular? Do people like it, actually? Um. Somebody said it didn't taste like cheese at all and it was just kind of sweet and they were like why do i like this and i was like yeah it's so crazy <laughs> it was probably just like a marketing thing it was probably like their vanilla and they poured a little like coloring yeah, but like i think oh since you said marketing like i wouldn't have remembered that name if they didn't do that yeah they did a good job they mission did. accomplished for them mission accomplished but wow i'm gonna look that up um yeah they have an earl gray that's really good and then they also have these they have popsicles that's like why i thought of it okay. um and i got them at whole foods or something um but they're like raspberry um cheesecake with chocolate on 
over it. Highly recommend. That sounds good. I'll have to go to Whole Foods and see if they have some. And I'll, yeah. I'll go over here. <laughs> yes, perfect. That's so good. But basil, basil and sweets is something that I've been like getting into lately. There's mm. a ice cream place here in Jacksonville called May Day, and they have a strawberry basil um, sorbet. That's sounds so good. Very refreshing. But then yeah. a coffee shop here. Um, called brew it's very cute um they had a basil syrup for their coffee and i was like oh i'm gonna try this and it it was so refreshing it was so nice i don't know how it pairs well with coffee but it does i know i must be was it like a latte there has to be some milk involved oat milk yeah (laughs) that sounds very good yes Herbs and ice cream, herbs and coffee. It's very good. Herbs. Right? Herbs everywhere. <laughs> oh, are there herbs in the garden? And- oh, yeah. Well, we grew a lot of basil. I did not make ice cream with it, though. I really should have. You should have. Um, <laughs> but I made a lot of pesto. So Ooh, I just for pesto this week. So good. Oh, it's a staple in my life. It is. I ha- I literally had some right before the call. I put some on nice. like sourdough <laughs> bread. And I was just, yes. So, <laughs> so good. Oh, but thank you so much for talking. Thank you for of sharing course. that special backstory to your song. Um, would you like to tell people where they could find you online on streaming platforms? Of course, yes. Yeah. So I am just my name, Jackie Marshall, on Instagram. I spell that J A C K I E M A R C H A L. And then also Jackie Marshall on Spotify. And TikTok is I am Jackie Marshall. Um, I think that's about it. If you want to find a little Easter egg hidden in Spotify, my old music is under Wander Marshall. Um, and I have a couple songs under there. You can hear a different sound, me in a, a different era. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. You can find me on Instagram at the I-N-D-I-E Popsicle. Also on Twitter. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me or send me an email at theindiepopsicle at gmail.com. Also, stick around for about a minute longer because you'll be able to hear a little sample of Rhubarb Fields by Jackie Marshall. Thanks so much for listening.